Open your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 6. If I took a survey this morning, I feel certain that every person here could express some concern about needs in their life. We've all got our list, don't we? Uh, Bev's having some tests tomorrow, and uh, that's something we've been praying about, that all will turn out well, and I'm, I'm just confident that it will. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, we have needs in our life, and the, and, and the strange thing is we don't seem too concerned about the things that would enable us to get those needs met. Are you with me? Yeah, we need this, and we need that, we want this, and we want that, but, uh, uh, but that's as far as it goes. And here in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 33 is a verse that every person ought to remember, and not only remember, but it's a verse, a truth that we ought to put into practice The Lord says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. About eight months ago, I preached a message from this same text. So probably somebody's wondering, why in the world are you doing it again? Well, I'm doing it because this is a different message today in that in that first message, I examined every part of that verse. And, and if you just look at the very first word, for example, the word but there. Notice, but. And that takes us back to what he has already said. And I, I'm sure I probably spent five minutes just on that one word before I proceeded. And so what I'm saying is, in that message, I just sort of unpacked all of the truths the best that I could in my time allotted and uh, looked at the whole verse. And I'm not going to do that this morning. This morning I'm going to focus just on one phrase in this verse. And that's the very beginning where he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And uh, I'm doing that because sometimes, you know, I tend to crowd too much into a message and Uh, it's real easy to get all excited about some truth in God's Word. And, you you know, you get started on it and you you can't find a stopping point. You just, well, preachers know what I'm talking about anyway. Uh, But this morning I'm just going to hammer away. There's really only one point. To my message today. You know, generally we have three points in a poem or something like that. You know, we want to act like we've really studied a lot. And so we, we, we construct this sometimes complicated outline of the message. But this morning there's only one point, And I'm just going to hammer, 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 hammer away at that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Most of our failures in life are caused by not keeping first things first. You know, it's amazing to me that so many people have a hard time trying to figure out, you know, what is first? What is the main priority? Oswell Chambers, who wrote the great devotional book, I'm sure many of you have that and you've read it over the years, uh, 
But in commenting on this verse, here was his opinion. He said, these words of Jesus, now get this, are the most revolutionary statement ears ever listened to. Now I'm not certain that's right, but that was his opinion of this verse. And he was a very intelligent, spiritual minded man. But I read that because it tells you that there is something that is extremely important about this verse. As I've said before, whenever we look at the truth in this verse, it tells us how we can make the rest of our life the best of our life. I mean, if that's what you want, now maybe you don't want that. Maybe you want everything to go downhill. Maybe you want to be miserable. Maybe you want to do it your way instead of God's way. And, you know, you can make that choice if that's what you want to do. But if you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, right here in this verse tells us exactly how that can happen. If ever there was a key or a formula for success, it's found right here in this statement one of my favorite writers James Hastings he's dead and gone a long time ago in fact most of my most of my favorite writers are for some strange reason but he said every man who would make life a success must have something that is always first for him now Jesus declared that the great First thing of life is the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now I read that because I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? You Listen, you better. And I say that because the highest authority in all of the universe, Jesus Christ has declared it to be so. You see, it's not my place and it's not your place to decide what's really important in life. We don't have enough wisdom to be able to do that. We don't have to do that because the Lord tells us and He describes for us. He describes for us what is important. He declares what is important. But beyond that, He demonstrated what is most important. At the tender age of 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. And then throughout his entire life, he was true to that cause. He came to do the father's will. And and he who demonstrated that demands exactly the same thing from us. Now, if that's what he demands... If that's what he has demonstrated, then the question is, why wouldn't we do that? Is that what you're doing with your life? I mean, can you honestly say, yes, that is the top priority in my life. I am seeking the kingdom of God. And whenever I decided to preach this, as I mentioned earlier, I thought back to about eight months ago when I preached from this verse and I Thought, well, you know, why would, why would I even bring this verse up again? Well, I'm going to be honest because I didn't really notice a lot of changes occurring as a result of that first message. You know, it's kind of like the old preacher that was preaching on repentance every week and 
Some of the big wigs in the church didn't like it and want to know when he was going to quit. And he said, whenever you all repent, you know. So, uh, so I don't know that there's ever a time when this message would be out of place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, for the most part, I think we all know what we ought to do, right? Now, I know there might be some little details in your life, some things that you're wondering about, some questions that God has not chosen to answer for you yet. And so, uh, you know, you find yourself in a quandary once in a while wondering, well, should I do this or should I do that? But for the most part, we all know what we ought to do. We just don't do it. You see, the problem is not in knowing what to do, it's being willing to do it. Most people, whenever they look at this verse and automatically just assume, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm Christian, I'm going to heaven, I've done that, or I'm doing that. This is not something that you have done and it's over, it's something you do. He didn't say, seek ye for the kingdom of God. He's saying, seek ye the kingdom of God. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And so we're just going to hammer away at that one thought, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, what does it look like? You you know, I, I, I could get up here and I could try to explain using illustrations and this and that and the other and giving definitions, but... How do I know that I'm seeking first the kingdom of God? What what does it look like if that's what I'm doing? Well, I'll start at the very best place I know to start, and that's with Jesus. Right? And, you know, need I say more than just say, if you want to know what it looks like, just look at Jesus I mean, you know his story, and words cannot even begin to describe the horrible suffering that he endured, the sacrifice that he made. Just look at the cross, and again and again, you've heard me and Brother Kenneth and other preachers, you've heard us try to describe the suffering, the agony that our Lord went through. His visage was marred more than any man. In other words, he was beaten beyond recognition. You could not even identify him. He was just a, he was just a bleeding hunk of flesh hanging there on that cross by the time they got through with him. And try as we may, there is no way we can even begin to understand the great suffering that he went through Because the worst part of it was that inward suffering in the time that he was separated from the Father on the cross, enduring hell for each and every one of us. So you take a good look at the cross and then tell me what you want to complain about. Real easy for us to complain about things in life. And I don't know anyone yet that's been beaten like Christ. I don't know anybody that's been nailed to a cross and left there to die. Look at Jesus and then ask yourself, am I seeking first the kingdom of God? Look at the apostles. 
The Lord warned them from the very beginning. He said, you'll be hated and you'll be despised for my name's sake. And they were. They were imprisoned. They were beaten. And all of them, except the Apostle John, died as martyrs. Oh yeah, by the way, he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. He didn't have a life of ease. But by the grace of God, he didn't die as a martyr like the others, so far as we know from tradition. But we think about all of the suffering that they went through. You read there in the book of Acts, whenever they were literally beaten and tortured and imprisoned and and threatened to preach no more in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they were let out of prison, they departed there rejoicing because they counted it worthy to sacrifice and to suffer for the cause of Christ. That's what seeking God's kingdom first looks like. Not only we think of the apostles, but we think of the early church. I'm talking about that first church that existed back during the times of the apostles. Those dear Christians that were hated, they were rejected from their community, from their families. Their own family disowned them. Brother Kenneth's been teaching from the book of 1 Peter. And it reminds us there of those who were scattered abroad, those Christians that had suffered horribly. It's hard to understand whenever you say, I love God with all of my heart and I'm willing to serve the Lord and do anything God wants me to do. And all of a sudden you see your women raped and your children abused and you're driven from your home and there you are wandering about as strangers in a land that you know not despised by everyone you meet. That's the price they paid for seeking first the kingdom of God. But it doesn't end there with the early church. It includes Christians throughout all of history. And I could speak for the next hour about that. I'll never forget when as a young Christian, the first time I was introduced to Fox's book of martyrs, it tells the story. Things that are nearly beyond belief that Christians suffered because they sought first the kingdom of God. I knew the apostles had suffered. I knew the early church had. But I had no idea that all of that had gone on. It's not an easy read, especially whenever you read the unabridged copy of Fox's Book of Martyrs, it's really difficult to wade through. But let me tell you, the most difficult of wading through that book is seeing what happened to those dear Christian people that sought first the kingdom of God. And to think about the horrible suffering that they went through, dipped in burning or hot oil and nailed to a cross and beheaded and everything your mind can imagine those people were subjected to that but it doesn't end there when you talk about seeking first the kingdom of God 
We not only look all of the way back to the cross and the suffering of Christ and think about the apostles in the early church and we not only look back through the corridors of history and think about the suffering that Christians have endured, but it's still going on in the world today. We don't recognize it because we live here in the good old U.S. of A. Protected by the laws of the land. We can get up on Sunday morning and go to church and worship without any fear of persecution whatsoever. And yet at this very time, according to all of the studies and the statistics and what have you that's available, there are 215 million Christians being persecuted in the world today. I'm talking about persecution of some severe sort. I'm not talking about just missing a promotion because you had a Christian testimony. I'm talking about where it, right in the world today where women are being raped, horrible things are being done to people, literally murdered. All because these people consider Christ to be the most important thing in life. We could go on and on and on talking about that. It reminds me of of over in Hebrews chapter number 11. And you know when we study Hebrews 11, turn there with me, chapter 11. And usually whenever we study this great book of the Bible, we think about all of the the heroes of the faith. And well, we should. That's what it's all about. But I want you to notice in verse number 32, the writer says, And what shall I more say? That's exactly how I feel right now. Whenever I think about trying to show you what it looks like to seek first the kingdom of God, and we look at Christ and the apostles, and we look at the early church, and we look at the saints all down through the centuries, and, and still I think of these words, and what shall I say, I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of, of Jatheth and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight, the armies, uh, armies of, of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured. Notice, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging. Jay, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. And they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Good night. And we talk about seeking first the kingdom of God, and I have to wonder, do we even have any idea of what that really means? 
When we think about the suffering, the price that is paid for those that have chosen to live that lifestyle. And here we are wrapped in the comforts of, of home in America. Can we really say that we've suffered it all for the cause of Christ? But let me tell you, there's, there's more to the picture than this. Because it's not all about persecution. Seeking first the kingdom of God shows itself in other ways other than through persecution. For example, it is the purpose for which we live. Do you ever stop and ask yourself, why, why am I here? Why do I exist? Why does God allow me to take another breath? Why does my heart beat one more time? I can give you the answer, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. That is in whatsoever things you do, do all to the glory of God. That's why you're here. That's the purpose. We're not here for any other purpose. Somebody said, well, I just want to enjoy life. And, that, and that, that's the problem of the whole world. Amen. We're more concerned about what we enjoy than we are about why we're here. Our sole purpose is to glorify God even if it's through persecution. It's the priorities that we establish in life. Colossians 1 and verse 18 tells us exactly the way it should be. Speaking of Christ, that in Him, that He have preeminence in all things. That's what we're talking about here this morning. The, the preeminent priority in life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It also shows itself in the people that we associate with. The placement of our money, the purity of our behavior, the pleasures that we pursue. It's not just persecution. It's in every area of our life that we demonstrate to others that our main purpose in existence is to glorify God by seeking first the kingdom of God. And all of these things that I just mentioned here about our purpose and our priorities and the placement of our money and everything, all of these tell a story. Above and beyond everything else, we have Christ as our example. Nobody ever needed to wonder what was most important to Him, did they? I mean, it was obvious in fact, that was the very reason for which he was hated and despised. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus. And the next verse says, consider him. What does that mean? Well, you can look at the whole of his life, no doubt about that. You can look at the entirety of his life and think, okay, we'll just do a study on the life of Christ. And that's well and good. But whenever you keep that in the context, you go back to verse number 1 where he is talking about laying aside every weight and the sin that, that so easily besets you to run the race that is appointed to you, the race that God has given you. And he moves on and talks about suffering as a result of that and the hardships of that. 
And he says, consider Jesus who endured the shame of the cross. When he says, consider Jesus, I think that takes us all the way back to Calvary. That we consider what he went through and the price that he was willing to pay. So tell me again how you are seeking first the kingdom of God. David Livingston, the great missionary, said, I will place no value on anything I have or may possess except in relation to the kingdom of Christ. And he proved that. He gave his very life in order to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that had never heard it. When they sent his body back here, they buried his heart there in Africa. You read the story of all of the great missionaries and you'll see the price that they paid because they valued the kingdom of God above all else. What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? To seek first the kingdom of God. It talks about His government, a kingdom. You think about a kingdom when you're talking about a government. It's seeking God's government in your life. That's just our problem. We don't want to give Him total control of our life. We want to reserve this little portion and that little portion that we'll be able to do what we want to do. And instead of Christ being our life, He is sort of like an attachment to our life. Yeah, He's just just a part of our life. He's not all of our life. To seek first the kingdom of God means that you recognize God's government. Not only His government, but His guidance. The king has the authority to dictate what all of the subjects do. If Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, He's the one by which we ought to be guided in all of the decisions that we make. Not only that, but to seek first the kingdom of God is not only His government and His guidance, but His glory. The surest way for the subject of an ancient kingdom to be put to death would be in some way to disrespect the king. Because every member of the kingdom existed for the purpose of doing the will of their king. And to disrespect him was to invite death. Let me tell you, our purpose in life is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, to give him preeminence in everything. Now, if I ask this morning... Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? I really think that most people would answer yes. And I really think that a lot of them would be truthful. I've observed their lifestyle, you know, and I think, yeah, it's obvious. I I think they're telling the truth. They are seeking first the kingdom of God. A lot of other people would answer yes, but they really... But they... That's not what they're really doing. They would say yes, but they really just don't understand what it really means, even though 
you know, we try to explain it. They, they just don't get it yet what it really means to place themselves under the government and the guidance and to live for the glory of God. So they would answer yes. So if you answer yes this morning, let me ask you, how do you, uh, how would you define doing that? Now think about it. You, if, you're, if your next door neighbor said, are, are, do you seek first the kingdom of God? And you say, oh yeah, sure I do. What do you mean by that? Most people, what they mean, they mean, well, I attend church on Sunday morning. Well, I mean, most of the time. You know, I, I, I attend church. Uh, I read my Bible now and then. Oh, I say my prayers every night. I really try to be a nice and, you know, an honest person. And if you're really super spiritual, you might, you might say, Hey, I listen to KSBJ. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I listen to Christian music, of course. You see, I mean, if that's what you think, just because you are regular in your church attendance and you read your Bible occasionally, you know, pray every night, and that's it. Oh, wait, I'm, you, let's put the tithe in there. You even do that. Does that really mean that you seek first the kingdom of God in regards to everything? Is it the main priority in your life? You know, the, the songs that we sing, whenever we compare our, our songs to, to our lifestyle, it can really tell a lot about us. For example, we can sing trust and obey, but we don't do either one. You know, there's some people who say, well, yeah, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. Sunday morning comes, you sing trust and obey for there's no other way. You've been living in rebellion against God for the last six months. I'm not trying to judge you. I don't even know who I'm talking about. But you do. And you need to sit in judgment of yourself. Sometimes we'll sing all the way the Savior leads me. But then we turn around and we do as we please. It's not about Him leading us. We're going to do what we want to do regardless. We sang sweet hour of prayer and we don't even pray. We sing I love to tell the story. You've never led a soul to Christ in your life. You don't even tell your co-workers and your classmates. And you say you're seeking first the kingdom of God and you sing, I love to tell the story, and nobody ever hears it come from your lips. We sing, take time to be holy, but we don't even attend Sunday school. We sing, have thy own way, Lord. But man, we ain't going to let nothing move us out of our comfort zone. I think about those who served in war, the price they paid 
Think about Willie and Melvin and different ones. You could ask them, what, what, what would the general think of them if all they did was to listen to the instructions and then retire to a campfire somewhere while everybody else went out and did the, the fighting and made the sacrifices? It's real easy when we just sit around the campfire and read our Bibles and, you know, boy, we're really comfortable then. But we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. Let me sum it all up. It's the kingdom of God first, most, always, and forever. And I wonder how many can honestly say that, that that's true in my life. The kingdom of God, it's first, it's most, it's always, it's forever. That's what the Christian life is all about. And seeking God's kingdom first means that it is the dominant note. It is the central issue, the main thing, the supreme business, the greatest emphasis, the strongest motive, the highest calling. It is the preeminent priority in our life. It means that we set it above everything else, before everything else, and seek it ahead of everything else. That's what determines where we set our affections. As Paul said, set your affection on things above, not on things below. It affects where we spend our time. It affects where we expend our energy, where we give our money, how we use our talents. And I think if we'll be honest, most of us would have to say, you know, it's time that I made a clean break with my past. And I started a new beginning today of keeping my priorities in the proper order. And the preeminent one is to seek first the kingdom of God, His government, His guidance, and His glory, to live for that and for nothing else. And I'm telling you folks, if you're really concerned about the needs of your life, that's the only place you're going to find that kind of assurance. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. He said, don't, don't seek after the things the Gentiles seek after. Because you see, whenever we got our priorities right, we don't have to worry about all of the things. And if you don't know what he's talking about, just read the first 32 verses of the chapter. And it's obvious he's talking about everything that relates to our life. Everything. Whether it's your health, your wealth, or whatever it is, everything, every need is related to this matter of us being willing to seek first the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, you can't do that until first of all, you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's where it begins. And then you seek His kingdom and notice, and His 
righteousness. If you're off track here this morning, wouldn't this be a great time for a new beginning in your life? To make a clean break with your past, whatever it is, get that behind you and say, regardless of what's happened up until now, I'm going to let this be the first day, the best day of the rest of my life. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you this morning for your exceeding great and precious promises. Lord, our mind cannot even imagine all of the things that you've prepared for those that love you. And Lord, whenever we look down the road and we think about beyond the horizon and we think about our inheritance in Christ, it is so exciting. It's thrilling to our heart to envision all that we have as a joint heir with Jesus Christ. But Lord, here now, we're living in the nasty now and now. We're not in glory yet. We're still living in this place that is full of grief and hardship and woe. And Lord, there's so many times that we wonder and we doubt as to whether our needs will be met or not. Help us this morning, Lord, to forget about even thinking about our needs and to set and to set Christ above and beyond everything else and to seek Him only and and then to trust you to give us whatever it is that would constitute a need in your sight. I pray you'll save that boy or girl or some man or woman here today that's not, not saved. Lord, may they be saved this morning for every child of God here. That we've been spending our life, wasting our time living for other things. Lord, help us to put you to the top of the list here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. While we sing.